their Marnik Stroud headquarters at the top of Eilandsgracht. Is there time for... We're on duty, Bakker said, throwing up her long arms in despair. Vanderberg was a heavy-set man with a friendly, somewhat battered face. He looked offended. We don't go on duty for another fifteen minutes. I was about to say, is there time for a coffee? Not really, Foss said with a shake of his head. A busy but agreeable day ahead. Sinterklaas, a beaming, friendly saint with a white beard, was set to mark his arrival in Amsterdam with a parade so celebrated it would be watched live on television throughout the Netherlands. Today the crowds would run into 300,000 or more, and the police presence would top four figures. The city centre was closed to all traffic as a golden barge bore Sinterklaas down the Amstel River, surrounded by a throng of private boats full of families trying to get close. Then he'd transfer to a white stallion for a procession through the city, ending at Leitzerplein. There, welcomed by the mayor, he'd address the massed crowds from the balcony of the municipal theatre. Zwarte Pieten, Black Pietz, companions to St. Nicholas, would follow him everywhere. Faces dark with makeup, curly black wigs, ruby lips, grinning in medieval costumes with rough collars and feathered mob caps, handing out spicy sweets to every passing youngster they could find, and baffling foreign visitors who could scarcely believe their eyes. After the 5th of December, Sinterklaas gave way to Christmas. The paper note and chocolate letters were replaced with Kerstol and Musketkranz, while the shop windows filled with pine boughs and fake snow. There'd been a time when Foss was a part of all this, when he'd had a family of his own. A partner, Lisbeth, a daughter, Annalise. The doll's house case had stolen that from him completely. Foss bent down and smiled at his little dog. The white and tan fox terrier looked up into his face. Can't take you to work, old chap, even on a day like this. Sam detected something in the tone of his voice and narrowed his eyes, suspicious of what was to come. The lead came out. Sam's head went down. Foss walked the dog to the cafe, handed him over along with a bag of dirty washing, another favour from the Drivarten's owner, Sophia Albers. He tugged on the lead, struggling to return to the canal. Vanderberg and Laura Bakker watched in silence. Bakker was shaking her head again. Well, Foss said when he was back at the boat, let's go mingle. Tell you what, after the shift I'll treat you both to dinner. I know an all-night place. You mean beer, crisps, and free-boiled eggs? Bakker asked. No, real dinner, a restaurant. Somewhere they have a proper toilet? You know such places? Honestly? So long as it involves, Van der Berg's hand made a glugging motion. That's fine with me. Oh, dear. He pointed at the sleepy bar, its black brick frontage set at an angle where Eilandsgracht met the canal. Gulls were scavenging the rubbish on the cobbles. A couple of afternoon drunks queued patiently to drop their empty bottles in the glass bin. 
Next to them, Sam was digging in his heels, refusing to go inside, and glaring back at the canal with an expression of heartfelt canine resentment. Shame we can't take him with us, Bucker suggested. I mean, it's Santa Claus. It's not as if anything bad's going to happen. Hoss stared at her, said nothing, went to the dog, and led him inside by the collar. Then came out and looked down the length of Prinsengracht. Don't you read the papers? Vanderberg asked. They said there might be a protest about Zwarte Pit. People think it's racist or something. Disrespectful. One of them was marching up their side of Prinsengracht as he spoke. Tall, burly, with a huge afro wig, all exaggerated curls, shiny scarlet costume, silly hat, blackened face, scarlet lips. Beaming, happy as a child, carrying a brown bag and a long-handled fishing net to reach the crowds. It is.